We've all heard about this transitional economy. We know what's happening and and the opportunity that it presents. And already there are a lot of Canadian startups and smaller companies that are making headway in this area. But as we have seen time and time before, um, those startups, the smaller ventures that are born in Canada, can sometimes end up growing up somewhere else. And this country misses out on all they have to offer to industry, employment, and the economy once they're big, giant companies. Uh, Leah Lawrence is the CEO of Sustainable Technology Canada. She's a little fearful of the fact that we might be seeing this happening again. Uh, Leah, thanks so much for joining us this morning. appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure, Shay. Um, first of all, let's start with Sustainable Development Technology Canada. Um, who, who are you guys and, and what do you do? It is an arm's reach distance of the government, right? Yeah, we're an independent thing that they created about 20 years ago, and our job is to find entrepreneurs who have good ideas on clean tech, environmental tech, whatever you want to call it today, and try to help them get to scale. So we start at really early stage companies, you know, just an idea, um, you know, in somebody's garage maybe, or spun onto the university, and then try to guide them along the way. Uh, we invest alongside other angels, VCs, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but normally they wouldn't enter just just because the companies are just little bit too early stage. Now, what is that sector like in Canada right now, especially when we're talking about clean tech and things like that? Are, are The companies that you work with, are you seeing a lot of activity in this area right now? Oh my gosh, it's just exploding. And that, that's really what's so exciting. You know, in, um, in the last year, I, I don't know if it's the pandemic or just actually a lot of this predated that, the view that uh, we could do some things differently in terms of climate change, in terms of the environment, um, has really started to take off in investments. And so lots of, lots of folks will be looking at BlackRock or others who are investing in these kinds of technologies and or, you know, companies doing net zero. We saw, I think it was last week, Suncor announced that it's going to do uh, net zero by 2050. And then, of course, there's government policy. And, and this just sort of has created a um, acceleration. Things mm-hmm. went from linear to exponential, maybe in the course of the last two years, such that we've just seen a significant, significant record numbers of investments and in follow-on financing of our companies. And remember I said we invest in these early stage ones. So if I, if I gave you some numbers, Shay, like in 2019, about $950 million in private sector follow-on from investors for our portfolio. Um, 2020, $1.1 billion, so wow. an, an interesting increase. And then 2021, in the first quarter alone, $1.2 billion. So just going exponential. And, and we expect uh, this momentum to continue. So it's a pretty exciting time to be an entrepreneur in, in clean technology in Canada. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, give us some examples of the kind of things that you're seeing these smaller companies pushing and working on right now in terms of clean tech where are we uh, where are we headed sure i'd love to do that so like one of them i think maybe some of you you and some of your listeners already know it's just like right side at edmonton Enerchem, um you know picking municipal waste taking garbage from the city of edmonton yeah, converting yeah. it into ethanol pretty cool right and uh, that company we saw it five six years ago i guess now is when we first invested in it and now it's you know it's got suncor helping it it's got nova chemicals helping it and that's that's really important, um, you know, through money and in talent, because what happens is these companies, they, they get to a certain stage and then they really need that larger company, big operation, um, um, scale up commercialization expertise. And so when the Suncors and the Novacams come along and help them, um, you know, and, co- and do a joint venture or whatever the case may be, you really get to go. But there's just so many examples. Uh, that's one. There's some great ones in agriculture, soil remediation. I mean, that's one of the things I think that in Canada, clean tech 
is is about renewables, but only a part of the story is renewable energy. It, it, there's just so much more in every sector as we think about how to how to change things in, in each of them. Now, when we talk about Alberta, uh, you know, I'm I, I can't think of how far back it goes. This talk of diversify, diversify, diversify. We need to diversify. We need to diversify. And there's a lot of talk about the green economy and the clean economy and all these sorts of things being a great opportunity. Um, it, as far as you know, forecasting what you can see happening in this this sector of the economy and the development and the growth potential there, uh, it seems like this is going to be a major focus, and there's huge potential. Exactly, exactly. You know, we we always talk about digital and artificial intelligence yeah. as mega trends, right? And clean technology is alongside. And you know, PwC did this study at the end of last year. Um, if you think about artificial intelligence, which, you know, we talk about a lot at U of A and at Montreal and across the country, um, actually, climate tech, probably 3,000 times more venture capital in the last 10 years. So so you're just seeing an explosion in every sector. Agriculture, how do you get robotics, um, regenerative agriculture techniques, increase in carbon soil for better productivity, reduced um, reduced um Reduced uh, use of fertilizer and insecticides. You know, there was a great company that uh, we partnered with just last week that got announced. Uh, they do greenhouse technologies. They do uh, robots inside greenhouses to try and get better, pro- you know, better tasting and, and uh, yield tomatoes, right? Mm-hmm. And they partnered with another company that, that we work with that does LED lighting. And this little company, you know, for the first time, they helped a greenhouse grower grow peppers in winter in Canada. And if we think about sustainable agriculture, food security, these are the kinds of things with low energy, with different approaches that are really going to grow. So agriculture, waste, different uses of waste, you know, those are the, I think, near-term things that we're going to see a lot of action in. And then longer term, I mean, some of this, I know you guys are talking about um, in Edmonton and Calgary a lot, which is, you know, hydrogen, carbon capture and yep. storage. Those are things that are going to take a little longer because they're they're big capital, but there's lots of entrepreneurs in that space too. And you really need that uh, big, small company partnership to be able to, to bridge that scale problem you were talking about. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Talking about in the intro. Yeah, and that's where some of the concern comes in, right? We, we kill at the innovation part of this and coming up with ways to do this, but it's it's moving it into to the, to the larger areas, development and those sorts of things. That's where we have a bit of a disconnect. Is that what you're worried about seeing reappear in this sort of um, development phase? You bet. Like, it's hard work to be an entrepreneur. It can take 8 to 12 years to get your company to be profitable, right? 8 to 12 years. Can you imagine? So you're making decisions like, okay, do I pay myself and my staff? Do yeah. I invest in new technology? What do I have to do, right? So 8 to 12 years, that's that's sort of, you know, we're with them with sort of the first five or six. Um, and then and then what they need is they need to figure out how to do sales. They need to do just the diversification of customer. They need to figure out how to bid into procurements. These are all things that once you figure out what your product, your technology, your service, your software is, that then you have to really figure out fast to be able to sell. And the 
and the challenge is, you know, we're, we're great for attracting direct foreign investment, which is important, and we need to do that. We're a small, open economy. But what happens is, is that often those investors might be in the States or in Europe or in China or wherever. And, you know, you know people like to be close to, to the people they're investing in. And so what can happen, first of all, is that there begins to be a pull. To, to be cited where your investors are. Or secondly, what happens is uh, your market, maybe, your customers are all located in a hub outside of, of Canada, and so it's easier to go co-locate. And sometimes things like buy American policies then might, you know, rear their, yeah. rear their heads. And, and so all of these things sort of culminate together to create barriers that are really hard for an entrepreneur to overcome because they're just trying to get their product to work. And all that other stuff, uh, if it's all stacked against them, they're just gonna, they're just going to you know potentially move. And what we know is that if a company can stay here long enough, sort of get to the 200 employees, 250 employees, and partner with some people in the local supply chain or local investment community that have scale-up experience, that they're more likely to stay. Not everybody's going to stay. I mean, that's not that's not the story of how the economy works and how these entrepreneurs want to all run their businesses. But for those that do, if we can if we can get those partnerships and that know-how to transfer sooner, I think we'll see we'll start to see some change. But we have to be intentional in it. Yeah, well, that that's good to hear that there is sort of there is a way that we know this works and this doesn't have to be the inevitable outcome of all of mm-hmm. these wonderful small companies. We know there is a way to 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 grow them within Canada. That's that's encouraging. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the Undercam example we talked about is a great one. And, and there's so many more. But but I think what's interesting, back to the megatrends, is like, because clean tech and digital, you can just do things differently and remotely often. Um, you know, about 40% of what we invest in, we call uh, data-enabled clean tech, which is really the application of digital to things that, you know, uh, downhole drilling for oil and gas to get better efficiency or better leak detection and repair. Like, that's stuff we think about as clean tech, which can have transformative environmental outcomes, you know, all the way to uh, to the stuff I talked about related to agriculture. So, so anyway, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting excited now, but, you know, it's all <laughs> about how do you get those trends going in the right direction and how do you surround the companies with people, if they want to, that can help them figure out the know-how of scale-up. Yeah, and you know, when we talk about doing it and the involvement of the private sector, like you mentioned Suncor getting involved at that project outside of Edmonton and things like that, like these big Canadian companies, they have a role to play in this, right? They do, and you know, the net zero commitments really, really, really get into that, but but it's not even just the big Canadian companies. You know, I'm reminded of this story. There's a company uh, that you might have heard of, General Fusion. They're trying to do that easy thing of fusion in Vancouver. Anyway, I was was visiting them a while back, and, and you know, they had been trying to import a a big pressure vessel from the United States. And they said to me, you know, we realized actually there's a whole bunch of people in Edmonton that are really good at making pressure vessels. And at the timing when they were looking, you know, it happened to be that it was a time when that particular firm had an ability to sell to, to Vancouver and diversify, you know, to one of the words you said earlier, mm-hmm. their their customer base. Um, because, of course, before they'd been selling to a lot of the new oil sands expansion. So, like, even mid-sized companies have the potential to partner like that. And it's all of those relationships that bond that help um, a company stay and grow in, in, a, in, a, in a region in Canada where they might want to. So my takeaway is there's some really, really good things going on, some really encouraging developments, and there's just a couple things we need to be aware of to make sure that we get the most out of it as we possibly can. 
Exactly. We need to be intentional and to be and to know that it's okay to want Canadian entrepreneurs to stay in Canada and to, to you know provide employment locally and all those kinds of things. Uh, because it's not that they want um, you know special treatment or anything. It's they want to be able to compete and grow their businesses on a level, yeah. level playing field and and sometimes stay at home. So let's try and be intentional in that. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks so much. That is uh, Leah Lawrence, who is the CEO of Sustainable Development Technology Canada.